look in your Bibles in Psalm. Uh, we're going to look at a psalm that, well, it's kind of a, a psalm that we don't look at very often. That's Psalm 87. If you have your Bibles, let's look at Psalm 87 tonight. I hope we won't be like the, um, the man the pastor asked him on, on Saturday to prepare to read Psalm 87 for Sunday morning. And the man got up on Sunday morning and said, I read this psalm last night and I didn't understand what it meant. So I reread it and I didn't know what it meant. And he said, I got up this morning and reread it again and I still don't know what it means. So I hope you'll come away from it with more than that. But I like this little psalm. I think there's a, a little bit of a, um, uh, what I would say is a, a mission accent uh, in this psalm. And so we want to take a look at that uh, here this evening. You know, citizenship has been a question in the news recently. Who, who will be, you know, who can be citizens? We're also talking about a census, and this census was highly debated for a number of weeks. But here, this psalm talks about inscribing people as citizens of, a, of another place, and that's what we want to look at here tonight. So if you have your Bibles, follow along in Psalm 87. His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion. Zion is another word for Jerusalem. It was a part of the old city, but it becomes a symbol of the whole city. So the Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Jacob is another name for Israel. So he loves it more than all the dwellings of Israel. And then he says, glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. I will make mention of Rahab. Rahab here is the, another word for the dragon or Egypt. Most commentators say here this Rahab represents Egypt. So I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to them that know me. Behold Philistia and Tyre, or Tyre with Ethiopia. This man was born there, and of Zion it shall be said this, and that man was born in her, and the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he writeth up the people that this man was born there, that is in Zion. As well, the singers as the players on instruments shall be there, and all my springs are in thee. And we want to just glean a few things from this psalm tonight, why we should love Zion or Jerusalem here. And uh, let us pray before we look at this. Father, we ask now that you would help us in the next few minutes to glean a few things from this psalm that will be helpful to us uh, in our lives. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. But why should we love Zion or Jerusalem? God loves the city. Did you notice that? that God loves this city. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Uh, all of the land of Israel, God's greatest love was there for the city. And so the text says here that His foundation is in the holy mountains. This is the city that God founded for His people. And God has made it the place among all the dwellings of Israel that he considers his special dwelling. And so here God prefers this city to everywhere. When it says he loves the gates, it would almost be like uh, 
He loves the gates, which represent the whole city. He loves the gates, like your house, the doors of your house. Some people say, I love to see the door of my house. Here he can say, I love to see, I love the gates. And so God loves this city more than all of the other dwellings. And in verse 3, he says, Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. Why? What, what glorious things were said of this city? What were the glorious things? The earthly Jerusalem isn't, hasn't always been an ideal place. Even today, there are murders and killings there in the city. It's affected by man's sinfulness. However, Zion is described here as the city of God. And the text would underline the idea, uh, the, the, the city of the true God, of, of the God or the true God. And it was in this, this city that God placed His glory. That's why we could say, glorious things are spoken of you. God's glory was in that city. Think back to the time of the temple also. That temple, with all of its glory, gold everywhere. Gold in the time of Solomon. It says that in 1 Kings that his, his cups in his house were made of gold. In fact, silver had no value during the time of Solomon because gold was so prevalent. And so this city was a glorious city, but above all because God's presence was there in the temple. And so this is a, a glorious place. When the Queen of Sheba came, do you remember what she said when she saw Solomon and, and all of his, the dwellings there? the temple and his offerings, what did she say? She said the half had not even been told. And so, don't fret about the future of this city, though. Sometimes people fret over what's going to happen to Jerusalem. Jerusalem's future is sure, isn't it? When we come to Isaiah, Isaiah talks about the fact in the future, in that millennial period, when Christ reigns on the earth, Jerusalem will be the center of the earth and people will be going up to the temple to learn the laws of the Lord. You see, Jerusalem will be that place where God will again reign. And then when you look in the millennial period, or after the millennium, and in Revelation 22, 21 verse 2 and John said, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride for her husband. And so there we see that that is the future of the people of God. God loves the city. And I hope you're looking forward to that day. Sometimes people, I'm looking forward just to going to heaven. Well, the Christian is supposed to reign with God, with Christ for a thousand years and Jerusalem will be the center of that and then there will be the eternal state the new Jerusalem and so that's the future of the people of God and so Colossians 3 1 and 2 tells us, tells us to set our affections where? on things above think of your future think of your future with God in the new Jerusalem and then the city is the birthplace of believers. Did you notice that? 
In some sense, it's a, a figurative sense here. Uh, notice in verse 4, I will make mention of Rahab or Egypt and Babylon to them that know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Ethiopia. This man was born there, talking about in Zion. And so we will be considered, as it were, as having our birthplace in Zion. And so here we see a sampling of the nations. Babylon is considered to be the great enemy of the people of God, but there will be people from Babylon. Not everyone, but some people from Babylon and from all of these other countries that are mentioned here, they will be a part of God's kingdom. You know, today, that's God's great plan, is He's working among the nations. God is calling to Himself people from all nations. He's calling them to Himself and making them a part of His people. And it puts their birthplace in this future city of Jerusalem. And the question for you and I tonight, first of all, is have we had that birthplace? Have we been born again so that we now are considered as being born in that city? Have we done that? Have we placed our faith in Christ and been born again? And then are we working to bring people into faith so that they'll be a part of God's people that will have their center uh, in Jerusalem. Do you remember what God told Abraham? He said, through you, through your seed, I will bless all the families of the earth. Think of that, in his seed. How is that possible? Paul tells us in Galatians 3, verses 8 and 16, he tells us there, it's in Christ. Christ is that seed of Abraham by whom all nations can be blessed. And when we, put our, when we put our faith in Christ, we enter into that blessing that was promised to Abraham. And we become a part of that city. Remember what Abraham was looking for? It says that in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, look over in Hebrews chapter 11. that Abraham was looking, he was looking for a city whose foundation, verse 10, for he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. And so he stayed in the promised land, but he was looking for a city whose foundation was in God. And so that is where uh, he was looking. Are we looking for that too? You know, have we got our citizenship there? You know, recently we met with some relatives, and they had a, um, a young girl in the family. It's um, be my wife's second cousin. The last time we were with them, uh, the young lady, you know, was 13, 14, and not too interested in our conversation and so we were going out to eat with the parents, and I thought, well, will the young girl even come to be with the parents? Or will she just stay at home <laughs> to avoid, you know, being around us old folks? And, uh, and, oh, she came. But you know what? Something had happened in her life. She said in her church there was a man who was 70, 70-something, and he had made a profession of faith. He said, I've been pretending all of these years 
And he made a profession of faith. And that stirred this girl. And she, too, realized that she had never been born again. And then her life began to change. And she got baptized. And now she's zealous for the Lord. Amen. And so, you know, what an amazing thing there. God worked in her life. And so, uh, where is our birthplace? Have we had our birthplace uh, transferred to that, uh, <laughs> to that city of Zion? Um, my wife and I now, we are both, we are French and American citizens. We've taken on French nationality. The lady there told us when that, she told all of us who became citizens on the same day, now you're just as much French as anyone born here. Now, a lot of French people wouldn't say that, but uh, she said that. And, uh, and that's the way it is when we, when we put our faith in Christ. We become a part of that people. We're just as much now a part of Abraham's family as those who were born of the flesh of Abraham. Finally, we see here that um, this is, city is the source of joy for believers. The Bible speaks of salvation as a well or spring. Jesus told the woman at the well that He had waters that would spring up into everlasting life. And she came to that fountain as did others in that Samaritan city. Jesus said in John 7, 37, 38, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. And he that believes on me, as the Scriptures hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Are you living that? Sometimes as Christians, we're living for the same things as, as the people of this world. God wants us to be satisfied in Him. There was a lady in a nursing home, and a young man was there, and he was visiting, and, he, and um, he saw this lady. She'd had a stroke, he could tell, by the way she was holding her head. So he saw a flower there. He picked the flower and took it over to her and, and gave it to her. And um, she said, oh, thank you. But she says, you know, I really can't see it. Let me, let's give it to someone who can see it and appreciate it. And so they took it to someone else and gave it to another person. And, you know, this young man... He came back to visit this lady another day, several times. Finally, one day he saw her there and he thought, he asked her the question, what do you think about all day long? Because she couldn't do much. She was blind and she'd suffered a stroke. She couldn't move much. He says, what do you think about all day long? She said, I just keep thinking about how good God has been to me. And I hope we're drinking at that fountain that is always full, full of the goodness of God every day. God has been so good to us. And so may we, may we drink at that fountain of His blessings. And so Zion has a lot to say to us. It's the city that God loves. It's our future. But also we should be working now to bring people into Zion. And then... It's a source of joy for us as we look toward the future and in the present. We should be basking in the, in the pleasures of God.